You're listening to the Swap Mono Live podcast show brought to you by our friends at OGO. Hey, you're listening to the Swap Moto Live podcast presented by OGO. Uh, today's episode is going to cover the 2019 Honda CRF 250R. Um, so, actually, this is going to be a two parter. I am at American Honda in uh, Torrance, California right now, picking up the unit. And I'm joined by Jason Paredes, who is uh, one of the Motorcycle Press techs. And uh, I guess, Jason, thanks for uh, getting us our bike today. Um, it's kind of late, so it's a, it's a November delivery and I understand it's because there are some, uh, pretty important changes made to the bike. Yeah, there were some big changes made and a lot of new models this year. Mm-hmm. So all the scheduling kind of got bunched and pushed. Okay. So, uh, last year the CRF250R was all new and, uh, I, I for one really liked it. I chose it as the winner of the, uh. 2018 Transworld Motocross 250 shootout. Uh, it wasn't the fastest bike, but I really enjoyed the way the thing handled. Um, I made a couple of modifications to the bike to gain uh, more low end, which is I I think what was lacking last year. Sure. Um, so what uh, what categories uh, did Honda target for performance gains this year? Yeah, uh, I think that Honda Japan and Honda R and D really took a hard look at a lot of the shootouts results, including yours, uh, especially when it came to low-end power. So they addressed that by changing the exhaust cam this year. It got a mm-hmm. new grind, so it's a shorter duration. Mm-hmm. Um, that's supposed to help a little bit of the low-end RPM response. They changed the head design, not overall design, but intake and exhaust port shapes and grinds to address some of the low-end response complaints without sacrificing some of the top-end RPM response and pull. Mm -hmm. And they also shortened the length of the right-hand side exhaust system Mm -hmm. that actually uh, allowed them to maintain some of the high-end RPM long-pull feel without having to do too much uh, sacrificing of getting that bottom end pull. Mm-hmm. So um, I take it then the engine changes were directed at the at the low end gains because typically uh, a longer head pipe is what generates more low end, correct? That's correct. So they gain more low end with the engine changes, shorten the head pipe to maintain some of the top end then, correct? That's correct. Okay, so um, are the pipes... Uh, structurally the same this year aside from being shorter or are they that new configuration like the 450s? They're structurally the same. That's correct. Uh, the right-hand side just changed length. Okay. 50 mil. A little bit shorter. Yeah, a little bit. All right, cool. What uh, what feedback have you gotten from some of the uh, internal test riders and stuff? Or Have you heard much? Uh, when we did our shakedown um, with all of the bikes before we got them to you guys. Yeah, because you break them in, correct? Yeah, we do right. a little bit of a break-in and re-prep on them to make sure that everything's sound and that they're not going to explode before you guys get them. Yeah. Uh, and the feedback I got from our testers was it's it's marked improvement. It's not night and day difference, but it's it's gains over what we had already, which was mm-hmm. a better bike than the previous year model. Yeah. One of the things I really liked about last year's was 
the way the bike continued to make power up high into the RPM range. Um, you know, I'm not a I'm not a light guy or a <laughs> light little bike specialist by any means. So I, I liked the way I could rev it out in each gear and maybe be a little lazy, but um, I'm hoping that it's still like that. But it has some low end gains because uh, last year I'd say the low end was the only place the bike was lacking. Um, everything else about the bike was great. The way it handled ergonomically, it's amazing. And uh, yeah, dude, I can't wait to ride it. So, okay, so as a little background, like, you know, magazine bikes, like you just don't open the crate and put the handlebars on and the front wheel on and hand it over. You guys go through it, you break it, you break the bikes in before you give it to the media. And uh, what other things do you do to them? Uh, we, yeah, we, we tear them all the way down. We actually put old cosmetic pieces on them. You duct tape the frame. Yeah, <laughs> duct tape the frame, put the guards on so that uh, the bikes will look brand new when you guys get them still. We break them in, put them anywhere from 30 minutes to 45 minutes on them to mm -hmm. make sure that the suspension's broken in, chassis's broken in, engine's broken in. Uh, then we get them back, tear them back down. We grease the linkage, grease the axles, uh, retorque all the major engine and chassis fasteners mm -hmm. um, if we notice any anything that looks like it could potentially be a wear item coming up new mm -hmm. you know it gives us an idea of you know what we can start stocking for the upcoming shootout intro and you know whatever changes may be coming up yeah that's basically it okay so basically you guys are just giving it a shakedown breaking it in and making sure that it is the best representation of a stock bike possible before giving it to the media who will write about it correct yeah it's exactly it. yeah it's not like the old eric Crippa days where <laughs> I mean, i'm sure those are legendary around here right i mean Crippa used to go through the bikes and like make them better <laughs> sometimes <laughs> i don't know i always suspected that but no yeah i don't i i try to keep a really close eye because normally i'm the one at the track with you guys mm -hmm. and i feel like because Jason Abbott and I are the face of sometimes the media outlet mm -hmm. for off-road that we're held responsible to you guys. So, you know, I keep a close eye on what people do in the shop to make sure that nothing suspect is happening, that mm -hmm. everything's absolutely stock, but an excellent representation of stock. Mm -hmm. It's funny because stock bikes these days are so good. I mean, even going back, I think maybe 10 years bikes came with steel handlebars and they were just crappy but it was funny we would get bikes from Crippa and they would have rental bars and gold chains <laughs> you know <laughs> but uh but i mean that's how they come now they, yeah they come bitching but uh all right so say there is someone listening that's going to go out and buy this 19 crf 250r give me some basic quick setup things um where do you want to set the sag what sort of things on the bike maybe should you give a once over like you know Granted, we want to believe that our dealers are conscientious and doing a great job, but, you know, I always believe that when you get a bike from a dealership off the floor, you should take it apart and grease the linkage, grease the headset, um, give it a once-over, you know, because it's, you know, let's face it, not everybody's always super conscientious at the dealer level. Yeah, I, that can that can very well be true. Um, what I've seen, at least on my side, I did come from a dealership background before I was here at American Honda, and the Honda's coming from Japan actually come put together pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it was something I used to do is 
you know, you take apart the steering and make sure the steering bearings are greased mm -hmm. and the linkage as well. But all of the Hondas that I've experienced all actually are put together well in that respect. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of double checking, maybe dealership work, although we expect all of our Honda dealers to represent themselves well, <laughs> yeah. uh, I would say maybe, you know, double checking that the handlebars are tight, making sure that the clamps are put together well. Um, I always take the wheels off to make sure the axles are greased. I put a little mm -hmm. bit of grease on the threads for those as well. Yeah. Um, you definitely want to make sure that there's a little bit of grease on their front axle pinch bolts. Mm -hmm. um, I will double check the torque on the swing arm pivot. Mm -hmm. I'll double check the torque on all of the engine hanger and engine mount fasteners. Yeah. Because that's something that can actually critically affect the handling of a motorcycle yeah. if it's too tight or not tight enough. Yeah. And that's not something I think an average setup technician would be conscientious mm -hmm. of at mm -hmm. a dealership. Okay, so uh, that rear shock sack, where are, you, where are you guys finding the best performance on the 250? Uh, it really depends on your riding style. I think it seems right now 107 is the sweet spot on the new 2019 CRF 250R. Mm -hmm. um, we did have a tester that liked it a little bit lower, and he was a bigger guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if that's because of his background of riding or his riding style. Um, and we did have another tester that liked it closer to 105, 106, mm -hmm. but I think 107 has definitely been the sweet spot. Okay. Um, what else? Uh, okay. So I know that the torque, say of the triple clamp pinch bolts mm -hmm. and the, the axle pinch bolts down there, like we said, tighter, looser, kind of affects the handling a little bit. So what are the specs you're recommending for? the triple clamps do you know that off the top of your head i do know that off okay. the top of my head but it's probably going to be a frustration to your listeners because i use newton meter torque okay so uh the upper triple clamp fasteners are 22 newton meters okay the lowers are 20 newton meters and the book calls for on the lower on the axle pinch bolts 22 newton meters and i usually run 21 okay okay uh hey this is this is something off the top of my head when you're taking your forks off and putting your front end back on mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, like say you got your fork seals fixed, right? Sure. What's the order of the clamping that you do? Is it top triple clamps, bottom triple clamps, and then axle, but do you do the pinch bolts first? Do you tighten the axle first? Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, I think I'm a weirdo in this is I, I hand tighten the top clamp bolts first. I, I torque the axle and then I do the lower clamps and then I do the steering lock to lock to make sure everything's staying straight. Mm -hmm. Then I do the pinch bolts and then I go lock to lock and then I break loose the top clamps and retorque those. Okay. But so the pinch bolts before the axle's tight? Uh, the or? axles, the pinch bolts after. So I do, so do, so I do the axles, the first one I set to torque. Mm -hmm. Then I do the lower clamp then i do the pinch bolts okay 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 and when you say lock to lock you're kind of banging it left banging it right yeah like vince freeze on the starting line exactly <laughs> yeah 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 i do that and it's and it's funny because a lot of times you know the the book always tells you you're supposed to grab your brake and pump the fork and that's going to center your for, lower yes. fork lugs and i don't i don't know if it's a lazy thing that i've come up with but i don't <laughs> i just don't want to take the bike off the on and off the stand yeah. Yeah. You know, four times to double check torque on all Definitely. these. So going lock to lock 
seems to, you know, as long as your axle is properly greased, allows the lugs to find a safe spot. Okay. Getting back to the bike uh, changes for 2019, is there anything else besides those engine changes? Is the suspension the same? Uh, did they revise anything there? As far as I know, the suspension has stayed the same. Um, there was an, an oil jet that got an update. I'm trying to remember the other major change points. It was most of it was the engine. Okay. Um, I yeah, think, I, dude, I, I when I weigh 175, I rode the bike all year on stock suspension last year, and with a smile on my face, and never. I don't think I even got it rebuilt. I think I, I put all those hours on it, uh, you know, on the stock oil. But, uh, yeah. yeah, great handling bike. I'm really looking forward to riding this thing. Um, how about this? So I rode a test bike that Jay Clark had built. Um, it was a 2018 CRF250. Okay. And it had a Henson clutch in it. And I rode it at Zaka, and I smoked the clutch, like, in, like, one moto. Oh, my gosh. And... He freaked out and he put a new clutch in and I smoked that one in like a moto. But he said that he went back and troubleshot and there wasn't enough oil in it. Um, I don't know if the Henson cover was spaced out more so it had a lower oil height. But, you know, I know that there's what the, 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 the manual will recommend as far as oil. But, like, what do you do as far as oil capacity and type? Uh, I've been running in our uh, press bikes i think the book calls for uh 1050 cc's mm-hmm. of gn4 which is just a mineral oil yeah and i've been doing 1250 cc's of our fully synthetic mm-hmm. um you know you get reduced drag you get a little bit of better uh, you know a freer engine moving and you get better cooling with extra engine oil and i haven't seen in any of our media bikes so far, I can't speak for the general public. Yeah. But at 1250, we're not getting any oil in the airbox, so yeah. it seems to be a safe level. Yeah. So okay. So you are actually using 200 cc's more than what's recommended. Then. Correct. So that that's that's the issue that Jay was telling me. Oh, well, you have to run a little bit more to keep the the clutch lube. But uh, but yeah, it's funny because I had that trouble on his bike, but I had none with our test bike for the magazine. Okay. So okay, and then. Uh, I guess the last question is I had a friend at the track the other day. Remember when the Hondas used to come two different oil tanks? Yes. He was putting, he's like, dude, my clutch is slipping. And I got out of him finally that he was using the Molly oh boy. oil in his, you know, newer Honda. Sure. So that's why, right? Because the Molly oil was designed just for the engine side, not the clutch side. That's previously. correct. So you never want to use Molly oil in the new generation CRFs, correct? That's correct. Yeah. You don't want to use Molly anywhere near a clutch. Yeah. Too slivery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It soaks into the fibers and it'll never grab right. Okay. Okay, great. Well, hey, thanks for uh, running down the uh, 2019 CRF250R with me. Um, Scott, I got the thing in the back of my truck right now and we're we're headed to the track to go ride it. We're looking, looking forward to uh, spinning some laps on this thing. Thanks, yeah, Jason. Yeah, no problem. Ogeo has been around for three decades, but it was in 2001 that the brand forever changed the way we all think about gear bags. With never-seen-before features, like specific storage compartments for your boots, goggles, helmets, and more, the Ogeo 9800 is the most popular gear bag in motocross. Visit ogeopowersports.com. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. 
and whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Life podcast for additional discounts in the shop. Hey, what's up, guys? Malcolm Stewart. This offseason, I've been training harder than ever getting ready for 2019, and I've been using Rhino Power supplements before, during, and after my training and has made a big difference, especially the motivation pills. Use Swap Moto as your discount code at checkout for 10% off your purchase plus free shipping on rhinopower.com. Uh, welcome back to the Swap Moto Live podcast show presented by OGO. Um, this is part two, and uh, I'm here joined by Pat Foster who is uh, one of our staple test riders at Transworld Motocross, has been with us since the beginning. And uh, we just spent the day at Cahuilla Creek Motocross Park, uh, taking our first spin on the 2019 Honda CRF 250R. So, uh, Pat, it was a pretty fun day at Cahuilla, wasn't it? It was an amazing day at Cahuilla. Track was great. The, the prep was excellent. And, uh, you know, I think Cahuilla is a great place to showcase uh, the Honda, especially especially its power characteristics, really suited the track well. Yeah. So um, taking a step back a little bit, uh, the 2018 CRF250R was an all-new bike. Um, that was the debut of the, you know, the two-header pipe design and, you know, electric start and all-new chassis. Um, the bike, I think, finished third in our shootout. Um, personally, I chose it as my favorite because I really like the way that the bike handled um it wasn't the fastest but it inspired a lot of confidence in me because i'm not typically a 250 rider I, I ride a 450 more but um i'd say last year of any year since we started the magazine i spent the most time on a 250 last year and that was because i liked the 18 honda 250 so much um so i picked it first i think did you pick a third yeah it was i think it was third or tied for second third with the husky yeah so what did you like and dislike about it last year well number one it was the best uh honda 250 i've ever ridden in my life yeah. the thing was amazing uh prior years it, the the engine was too smooth it was mellow the suspension was too soft and uh while it cornered good it just the old chassis just wasn't set up to ride aggressively and the motor wasn't there for anybody much beyond a, a novice rider so i did the intro on the 2018 honda and was really really impressed mm -hmm. the, the motor was significantly better and most notably on the the mid-range and the top end the thing would rev to the moon it, it was it was so good on the top uh rivaled the, the fastest bikes in the class yeah um where the honda really stood out though is the handling chassis is amazing mm-hmm the, the suspension they went back to, just conventional spring forks, which we're all realizing is uh, <laughs> is, is by far a better setup. Yeah, I don't miss air forks. No, I don't think anybody does. Um, the suspension is fantastic, but the chassis is just is so good as far as being connected to the track. It's a good mix of being connected to the track, high-speed stability, but also amazing cornering, which is a pretty hard combination to get. Mm-hmm. So last year, I, uh, like I said, I spent a bunch of time on that bike. And the, the, the impressive thing to me about it was that I liked the suspension so much. I'd, I'd, I rode it bone stock all year, you know, and like I didn't even get the oil change. And 
I want to say I put about 40 hours on that bike, which is quite a bit considering how many bikes we have. But yeah, I didn't take it in for a revalve. I didn't go for stiffer springs. It worked just fine for me. I was pleased with it, you know, at my at my advanced age and the pace that I maintain. But uh, it was good. The thing I wanted more out of it was, you know, low end power. So I went up one tooth on the rear sprocket and we put an exhaust pipe on it. And uh, the only other thing I did was uh, we put a recluse torque drive clutch in it, which made a big difference for low end. It actually produced more low end gains, I think, than the exhaust pipe because it eliminated all the slip down low. And there was a point last year when I loaned you that bike, and I remember you thought that there was something pretty sneaky done to the engine, right? That's, that's true. That's true. Well, look, I'm in the same boat as you are. I'm, I'm 185 pounds, and so I don't spend a lot of time on 250s. The only thing that held the Honda back for me was the lack of low end. Mm-hmm. And look, on a, on a track like Kauia, where you're carrying a lot of speed and you can keep your momentum up, it's really not a big deal. But you get on a track where it's tighter, and you get into tight ruts, and you got to accelerate out hard. What I found on the Honda was the low end was, was fragile. If you're mm-hmm. riding good, you're in the right gear, and you're getting your shift clean, it was great and it was fine, but it was, but it, when I say fragile, it's just easy for it to fall off the rev. Mm-hmm. You either got a quick, a quick stab downshift of gear or a stab on the clutch where the Yamaha, for instance, that has a lot of low end is a little bit better for a bigger guy like myself. So when I got on your bike that you'd put a pipe on, and like you said, the response and the, the, the quickness of the, the clutch engagement as you mm-hmm. release it, Man, it made a huge difference, and uh, your bike was amazing last year. Yeah. It was great. When you, lo- you loaned it to me towards the end of the year, um, it was fantastic. And I, I could, like you said, I'm, I'm 185 pounds. Um, the suspension was a little bit on the soft side for me, mm-hmm. but riding stock, that was great. Yeah. It was great. Okay, so today we took the, uh, the brand new 2019 bike out. Um, kind of a unique situation where uh, the bike was a little late. And Honda's got a lot of intros going on with other off-road bikes, etc. They actually just gave us the bike. Um, I picked it up last week. That was when I uh, recorded part one with Jason Paredes at American Honda. Um, they went through it. They broke it in, handed it over to us, and said, set the sag at 106. So we got to the track today, checked the sag. Uh, with you on it, it was at 110. So I went in one turn, got it to 106. Sent you out on the track, and uh, you were pretty pleased with it, correct? I, I was really pleased with it. And you know what? This was a pretty fun intro in that there was no intro. <laughs> you know, we usually usually we get a, a pretty good show the night before, and they go through all the changes, and there's slideshows, and there's things, and they, we get really educated on the bike. And, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I've done a ton of these intros. That's That's par for the course. It was really fun today, and you could vouch for this. You didn't tell me anything that was new about the bike until after we rode. Mm-hmm. It was like a blind taste test. Yeah. It's like, hey, go ride this bike and see what's better about it than the 18. And uh, so it was it was really fun. Um, I had a feeling that Honda would be aiming a lot of their focus towards more low end. Yeah. And I felt it immediately. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, I could tell that it had more low end. It was a lot more substantial. Um, is fun and it's got soft, soft berms that if you hit them great 
are awesome. If you stuff them a little bit, they kind of rob the power. Yeah. And I was really impressed at how well the Honda pulled through the soft corners. Uh, it's something that I think it would have uh, given some trouble last year. But where I really enjoyed it was some of the flat turns where you, you require, it requires some smooth throttle and some torque. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling that the 18 would have fallen on its face a little bit last year. And the 19 just ate it up. Yeah. It ripped, ripped the corners. It was it was terrific. Okay, so the changes this year were all centered around uh, power gains. There's, uh, to the best of my knowledge, from what I was explained, there were no chassis or suspension changes of any significance. Um, well, I only rode a couple laps today because I've got a little <laughs> bit of a butt injury. <laughs> I got a foot peg in my ass at Dan the Dirt when I fell down in front of the pack. So I, I only wrote a little bit today. Um, I don't have a super uh, super thorough impression of the bike. Um, I felt it was pretty snappy down low. Um, obviously, the thing's going to handle amazing and, and turn well and be light and flickable like last year's was because they didn't change anything. So I'm super excited about that. Um, we brought the 2019 YZ250F along for comparison. Um you rode them back to back. How do you think the two bikes stack up? Well, there's just no doubt about it. Honda's done a, a, a terrific job of closing the gap. I mean, that, that that's the the biggest gap for me was low end power. The Yamaha last year was just a lot more forgiving, and uh, like I said, the the Honda closed the gap significantly. I still think the Yamaha has a little bit more grunt down low, but the Honda's great, especially if you're hitting your lines well and you're in the right gear. Um, man, this thing's terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing is where the Honda has the Yamaha covered is is in the chassis. Yeah. And, and when I say that, there's there's a couple different aspects of of focus on the chassis. Yamaha's got amazing straight line stability, but it's one of those things that to gain that straight line stability, it it, it sacrifices a little bit in cornering. Mm-hmm. The Yamaha's front end isn't quite as sure as the Honda and, and a couple others. But the Honda's just got a really good blend of close to the Yamaha and straight line stability. Handles great, very confidence inspiring, mm-hmm. but the cornering's amazing. Yeah. And you mentioned how good the 18 was, and they didn't change anything, and it continues to be amazing and, and light and flickable. All of the things that you said are absolutely correct. But the fact that it hits a little bit harder down low this year even makes it feel even better even mm-hmm. a little bit lighter coming out of the corners and changing your lines and standing the bike up and getting power to the ground um man it's just such a fun bike it, I, yeah. I had such a great day riding today and it was fun to go back and forth between it and the yamaha and they're both amazing but where the honda really shines is in the handling and the chassis suspension's terrific and um man it's just it's just really a fun bike and like i said gaining that low end it's a big deal. One of the things that I, uh, like the 2019 CR450, it's funny because the bikes are the same size pretty much chassis-wise. When I ride the 450, I feel like the bike is really small and the engine is too powerful for the chassis. Like I, I, I feel like a little twitchy and stuff on it. But when I ride the 250, it feels just right. It's like it, it just... It works. It, it, it feels uh, the bike feels bigger when you're riding it as a 250 than it does when you're riding it as a 450 chassis wise. 
and it's uh, easy to trust this bike. And getting back to the cornering, the thing that impresses me so much about it is you can change direction whenever you want on it. You don't need to find a rut. You don't need to find a loamy, powdery corner to square off in or blast, you know? Mm -hmm. You could decide to change your line mid-corner, and it does it. And the front end never loses traction. It, it, it just goes where you want it to go. You know what? I'm really glad that you said that because when we were doing our shootout a couple months ago in the 450s, you go bike to bike, and they all feel pretty similar. There are some, some slight differences. But, man, you get on the Honda 450, and it feels compact. Yeah, it feels such a short, like such a short wheelbase, and even though the, the chassis is the same, the, the you're right, the 250 doesn't feel that way. Yeah, it doesn't feel that way at all. It feels balanced, feels, it just feels comfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where like the the 450 felt notably smaller, tighter, and as a result, a little busy from mm-hmm. time to time, especially in the high speed. That wasn't the case today at all. Yeah, so Kuiya was a little bit at altitude. So obviously the bikes, both the bikes, the Yamaha and the Honda, will feel a little bit down on power compared to, say, Paris Raceway, Glen Helen, Milestone. Um, so just off our first impressions, uh, our first impression today at Kawea of the motor changes are very positive. Uh, let me ask you this, Pat. From your best memory and recollection of my 18, which I had the clutch in, and the exhaust pipe, how does it stack up power-wise? You know, I think that the modifications that you did last year that helped your bike significantly mm-hmm. basically is the starting point for the 19. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think it's that, I think it's that good. I think, I think the adjustments that Honda made add enough low end and into the mid-range that it, that it saves folks on putting exhaust pipe on and... Um, and, and putting the recluse clutch in. Yeah. That's, yeah, I, I I wish I had been able to ride more. <laughs> really sit on the seat and get into the power band, but uh, a little tender today. But, um, okay, so, uh, yeah, so there you have it. Um, Pat Foster, uh, our, our longtime professional test rider, gives the Honda CRF250R a thumbs up. I gave it a big thumbs up, and I just want to—I just want to touch on a couple other things before we go. I rode in Map One most of the day today, and that's mm, the standard, standard map. And it's really cool that Honda's got the the adjustable maps on the bar. I think that's cool. I, I will say that Map Two—you know—they could just about get rid of it. It makes it—it it makes <laughs> the, the bike map. mellow. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't see anybody needing to mellow out the yeah. 250 or any reason why you would. But maybe if you're a beginner, you're just coming up off a off a smaller bike. Okay, I could I could see that. Um, map three offers significantly more hit down low, mm-hmm. and I like that. And I and I think that at a lot of tracks that will be a, a good option. Something like Paris or something like Milestone, a little tighter. Um, but I spent most of the day in Map one today because it, Kuya, you can carry your momentum, you can carry your speed. You don't need as much low end, and Map one really allows the bike to rev pretty freely up into mm-hmm. the top. I think it was a great um, mix of a, of a nice broad power delivery. Uh, we did go in a couple clicks on the compression front and rear and mm-hmm. a couple clicks on the rebound just to slow the bike down a little bit, um, a little less movement. I kind of like that feel on the bike. 
But, you know, unless I was going to race seriously, I think I could ride this bike stock all year and have a yeah. great time on it. Yeah, I think it's... It's really a fun bike. Yeah, I think... Uh, so our 250 2019 shootout is uh, day one of his December 17th. I'm really looking forward to that, trying all these bikes back to back. Um, gonna go on a little diet so I lose a couple pounds. <laughs> I, listen, I think I'm gonna join you, buddy. I think I'm gonna join you. We but, need to get uh, you some Neosporin and we need to go on a program. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, uh, hey, thanks for listening. Uh, this is something new for us. Uh, but uh, if you like, uh, if you like hearing what we think about the bikes and feel that we should continue to do so after our upcoming shootout and into uh, next year when we finally start testing the 2020 bikes, uh, comment or send us a message or something and let us know. But uh, Pat, have a safe drive back up to Bishop and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. You've been listening to the Swap Moto Live podcast show presented by Ogio and hosted by my dad, Don Mera. Thanks for listening.